Coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I had a lady once who had the hives all over her body all the time and had for two years. She was on medication to suppress the hives, which had made her fat. She gained 40 pounds in two years on this med. She was very depressed about that. Uh, she was frustrated and depressed. And so her physician said, hey, lady, you got your choice. Be fat or have the hives. And when she told that physician that was depressing, he says, I can write you a prescription for antidepressants if you want. Hmm. You know, so she's telling me the story. I said, well, we're going to run some labs, including the food sensitivity. And sure enough, she got off certain foods and her hives went away like permanently forever, like no more medication. She started losing weight. She started taking hot showers and working out to a sweat, which she hadn't done in two years. And on and on. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed Reed Davis. He's a board-certified holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist. He's also the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition and the FDN certification course with over 4,000 graduates in 50 countries. We discussed how we started FDN along with what is metabolic chaos, how functional lab screenings can impact your health, the importance of food sensitivity tests, the cortisol to DHA ratio, his dress protocol, and his one tip to get your body back to what it once was. Really enjoyed my interview with Reed. I know you will too. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin, and I have Reed Davis on. Reed. Hello, Brian. Great to see you. Great to see you. Welcome to the show. Um, and Reed is a certified holistic health practitioner, also the founder of FDN, which I've been going through right now. I just got off one of my practicals. And uh, really enjoying that certification. Um, so we're going to touch on all things health related. And um, yeah, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. And you're based out of California. We were just talking. We're both. He's from originally from the area. Uh, went to New Trier, Glencoe. Uh, so small world. Yes, yeah, remarkable. And I uh, think back with great fondness of my time spent in that area. I'm a Southern Cali boy now, though. You know, I, uh, too much of a wimp to handle those winters anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I was telling you, we're filming this in November, and it's sixty, you know, in the sixties, so um, not so bad here right now. But uh, I'm, I'm sure in a month that'll that'll change. Uh, so, oh, yeah. well, let's let's dive in. Um, obviously, your health journey. Um, has gone has has that uh, gone for how many years 20 30 years at least when did you start getting into health and wellness and um i know first yeah. you started out in the environmental side of things right the the first time actually i was 19 so that's 50 plus years ago uh and i read a book called healing ourselves it was way way ahead of his time again 50 years ago reading a book healing ourselves so that's had me paying attention for a long time uh, about health and wellness and being responsible, um, trying not to do too much bad stuff unless they had a really good reason. And then uh, 
but you know, it was 25 years ago that I actually got into the business that uh, became a health entrepreneur. And you're right. I went from environmental law, paralegal, um, conservation, and saving the whole planet, air birds, water trees, bees. And I started focusing on people. Well, you know, if it's this harmful to the planet, what about us, including me? You know, Brian, I didn't want anything sneaking up on me. I was in good health. I had never really been to the doctor, uh, except for dental and some hours from sports and motorcycle riding. But yeah, so I didn't know what it was like till I went, I switched careers, went into a wellness center. And that's when I got my uh, holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist and certified personal trainer. And I got 15 certificates in the next 10 years when I went into the health space. And I encourage everybody to get as much education as they can. Whatever turns you on, if you have a, an interest, do it. You know, and, um, you know, so after 10 years of working in this clinic, it was a, a wellness center, alternative health space. And uh, I've watched it evolve from alternative, considered by some quackery, <laughs> to complementary. Oh, this stuff works. Now it's integrative, you know, later. And, and now it's functional and lifestyle medicine, these kind of things. So I think you know the story. I spent 10 years developing a system of lab investigation into what's really wrong with people instead of just treating symptoms and giving drugs you know that's it's really alternative slash functional uh slash personal responsibility and it's an amazing system that, that was created in that 10-year period and you know the the interesting about fdn because i've been going through the certification is um you talk about this metabolic chaos and that we don't necessarily treat anything specifically maybe explain a little bit uh, I always yeah. th I thought that was a different way of looking at things because I've been through other through other certifications and maybe explain that a bit. Well, sure. the The uh, pursuit of root cause was what drove me to discover metabolic chaos, or co kind of coin that uh, concept, if you will, or consideration. It's really what's called a construct in our in our way in way of thinking. So, I wasn't a physician at this clinic. I was a nutritionist and trainer, and they, but I really wanted to help people. I really wanted to get to the underlying causes and conditions. Instead, you know, I'm not licensed. I can't just get out of, oh, what's your, oh, here's your prescription, you know, and that wasn't working for people anyway. So what, what happened is that I ran labs, thousands and thousands of labs on thousands of people, and I recognized these patterns. Now, I was always, again, looking for that root cause that was popular phraseology of the time but man what i discovered well you know this brian that there's always multiple root causes or underlying conditions always multiple and here's something you won't hear anywhere else they're having an effect on each other and you can't even singly measure some of those effects that root causes are having on each other and those root causes could be mental emotional problems, psycho-spiritual, it could be physical trauma. Like my my personal nemesis was that I was very hard on my body, you know, the 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 activities and things, the level of activity and stuff. So, and then not to mention from my environmental background, 
the chemical stressors. What's in the environment is really toxic and poisonous. And we're the rats in the maze. We're the experiment. You know, these things haven't been tasted for safety. So what I noticed was all these causal factors, mental, emotional, and physical trauma, and uh, chemical stressors and things, all had an effect. And they all contributed to each other's downward spirals. And so that's why I just called it, hey, this is just metabolic chaos. And that that's, works perfectly with what's true. What the reality is that's it is chaotic, all these things interacting. And number two, it keeps your, you safe from ever being accused of practicing medicine without a license. They don't think that way. This is the real way things really work. But, you know, medicine the way it's practiced today, even by functional practitioners, is very fractional. You know, they still specialize in whatever their training was. Um, and, you know, you can go to one for their gastroenterological stuff, the gut stuff. But, oh, that, well, you need a, let's say, an endocrinologist for that. Or you need an orthopedist or you need a psychologist or psychiatrist. So it's still very, very fractionated. So the, the idea behind uh, FDN functional diagnostic nutrition is that we don't treat anything specifically that's that's not our backyard our backyard is look at all of the contributors all at once and then apply the principles of healing to every cell tissue organ and system simultaneously through behavior and that's what why people get so much better so quickly and it so it's outperforming any other system how did you decide which tests to use and how how is that process cuz you have obviously like saliva hormone and and you know a metabolic wellness panel like how did you decide you know which tests to use and did, was that a trial and error basis yeah well thanks <laughs> man i have to give tribute to my mentors of the day you know i i developed a system out of uh, all the labs i was running because I'm good at pattern recognition. But the actual training was by really smart people, Dr. Bill Timmons, Dr. Bill Bailey, uh, and some others who were on the cutting edge. They put their own money into labs that no one else was running because they knew it was the right. And by the way, had the, they had their own personal challenges. So a lot of this is driven by one's personal challenges and overcoming problems for oneself. And then guess what? You get to help others with it. So again, I didn't have any health problems like that, but I loved learning. Uh, I love the science, the anatomy, physiology, biochemistry and stuff. It's to me really fascinating. And um, I was able to take what I was learning from these scientists, researchers, lab rats, and all that kind of people. And they were doctors and apply it in an office to people like get the clinical it's called clinical correlation as you know so the way we looked at lab tests was whose test is this it isn't to run a test and oh here you need to buy this you need to buy that you got to go on this for six months that's treating the paper so we just look for clues and then guide people's behavior and that has been uh, systematized as well the behavior program is also very well organized the d-r-e-s-s you know all about it but um so so i i sort of i choose chose the labs that worked for the population i was serving 
which was mostly chronically ill, you know, people caught in the cycle of trial and error, mostly women, I have to say, but all ages. And even, but when it worked good, they brought me their kids, they brought me their husbands because they wanted them to do it too. But um, so no, I ran the hormone testing and that leads to looking at the immune system. That leads to looking at digestion and detoxification and so on. So we have this pattern that we recognize and um, it just works. I was led by people smarter than me into the lab work, but I took it and ran with it from there. And you mentioned one of the tests, like a food sensitivity testing, you know, to uncover some of these healing opportunities. Is that something that, um, is that something that like has evolved over the years or how's the accuracy and what what are the thoughts around doing a food sensitivity test? All right. Well, that's four different questions, but (laughs) you go. So I learned to run a food sensitivity test on every single person because everyone has some. It's really that simple. Yeah. Now, it doesn't create miracles in every person, but in some people it does. That food sensitivity, or two or three, is exactly what's contributing to metabolic chaos in such a big way that you, their symptoms could be attributed to it. In other words, I had a lady once who had the hives all over her body all the time and had for two years. She was on medication to suppress the hives, which had made her fat. She gained 40 pounds in two years on this. She was very depressed about that. Uh, She was frustrated and depressed. And so her physician said, hey, lady, you got your choice. Be fat or have the hives. And when she told that physician that was depressing, he says, I can write you a prescription for antidepressants if you want. Hmm. You know, so she's telling me the story. I said, well, we're going to run some labs, including the food sensitivity. And sure enough, she got off certain foods and her hives went away like permanently forever, like no more medication. She started losing weight. She started taking hot showers and working out to a sweat, which she hadn't done in two years and on and on. So so this idea of food sensitivities, everyone has some, so you should test. Everyone should test. But it's only to the degree that those sensitivities are contributing to chaos and downstream somewhere there are symptoms. That's how much it will help you. So if those food sensitivities are major contributors, well, it's going to make some major changes in your life. If they're minor contributors, then you might not get such a miraculous outcome, but you're still removing a stressor. You're still removing a contributor. And oh, by the way, on that thought, to to finish the thought, and you know this, Brian, that if you pay attention to what you eat and you feel better, eliminating certain foods you know substituting foods that make you feel good especially mm-hmm. uh, well then you might pay attention to other things in your environment remember i started out in in the environment and and uh man people start to realize well hey these certain personal care products are bad for me i i feel worse on them than off them or maybe it's household cleaning products and maybe it's new furniture and outgassing of clothing or you know, stuff you put on your hair, well, if I had any, you know, so, <laughs> so you, when you pay attention, uh, you do better. And the labs are, are a great way to get this, that going. So, cause they don't, we don't guess we test. And, uh, one of the tests you, you run 
is a cortisol to DHEA ratio. It's something I've talked about on this podcast before. I've had um, this individual, Georgie Dinkoff. I don't know if you know who he is, but he he's one of the first people that brought that up to me. Um, and cortisol is something that um, probably for, I don't know the, the percentages, but for a lot of people, it's probably out of range at some point um, just because either overstressed lifestyle or restrictive dieting or over-exercising or whatever it is. Um, is this something that, uh, is this, I mean, obviously these are all foundations, but you know, this is obviously one of the big foundations regarding, um, you know, FDN and their testing. Well, yeah, because we want to know how badly a person's breaking down. People come to us not feeling fantastic. You know, I'm great. I just want to run some labs. No, they come to us because they have a health problem or concern and they want to change it. So they're looking to invest in data that they can't get anywhere else. So we we run a number of labs looking for a constellation of healing opportunities. But one of the overriding concerns is catabolic state versus anabolic. So, you know, there's catabolism and anabolism, not cannibalism. So, so you know, your body's constantly building up and breaking down and building up and breaking down. And the hormones primarily responsible would be cortisol, that's the stress hormone, and DHEA, which is the anabolic um, counter-regulatory hormone. So if you're out of balance, then you're in more of a catabolic state. It could be said and be true. And you don't even have to have high cortisol to be in a catabolic state. You could be in what they used to call adrenal fatigue. And so your cortisol is actually not high anymore. You're just not able to get there. But it's still very high in relationship to the anabolic uh, hormones, the steroidal hormones that we make. So you're in a catabolic state. Well, that, that's part of a downward spiral. You could even say it's the beginning of a downward spiral. And when your cortisol is elevated relative to your DHEA, you're going to see problems in the immune system. The lining of the gut gets suppressed by this cortisol, excuse me. And, and then you're um, not as immune as you were, and you get dysbiotic. In other words, the bad bacteria is able to take more of a foothold uh, in your gut. So your microbiome's out of balance. Well, then along comes some some parasites, bacteria, funguses, even viruses, and they can get more of a foothold in you. You're more susceptible. Well, then, you know, all kinds of um, metabolic chaos <laughs> occurs. There's a downward spiral. The good news is that we can interrupt it and we can say, hey, look, you're in this downward spiral. You feel like crap. The labs we run explain exactly why you feel so bad. And this is especially helpful for those who've been told by some other practitioner that their blood work looks normal. Everything's fine. Well, in other words, you're not diseased. And I would just add, yeah, not yet. You know, so so the, those kind of markers, they have to be so bad that you're already in a disease process. So now that's when medication is prescribed. Whereas we want to catch it before that so our markers are much more sensitive and they're looking for subtle changes and imbalances that can't be called a disease that's the other reason we're not practicing medicine is because it's all subclinical 
for, for the most, even though you're highly symptomatic, the the ongoing process, disease processes, the metabolic chaos is generally considered subclinical. So there's no minimal medical diagnosis for these people. And it's billions of people, millions and millions and millions. Subclinical disease. You're not diseased enough yet for the physician to treat you. Right. And some people might not have any, you know, minor symptoms, but, you know, getting ahead of the curve is, you know, someone could be in an exhaustive state and, and they just, they're so used to it the day in, day out of it. And maybe they're running on caffeine half the time or whatever it is to help get through that. Um, and yeah, not, yeah. self-medicating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're they're drink, pouring down the coffee in the morning. They're drinking alcohol at night to, to relax and it's it's a form of self-medication and you know people in that state know they don't feel like they used to they used to have more energy more libido more ability to put on muscle or work out or you know you know think clearly you know um, cloudy consciousness is a real problem people are walking around in the days and and then again if it goes on long enough they think that's normal yeah. it wouldn't have to do with a clear head you know Whoa. <laughs> now, did you have any big health epiphany for yourself or do you continually or sometimes do these tests on yourself, you oh, know, maybe annually? I, I have, I have you know, <laughs> a sheet. My, the number of labs I've run on myself is ridiculous. Some I probably didn't need to do, mm-hmm. but I like learning about labs. So yeah, I always use myself first. So, um, you know, uh, I could say when I first started in my late 40s doing this, the lab work, I uh, felt great, didn't have any problems, didn't notice much. Actually, used my own labs as examples for what good labs should look at. But, you know, and, and I'm 70 now. They say 70 is the new 50 or something. But 80 is 80. <laughs> so, so I'm looking to get to 80 and feel as good as I did. 10 years ago you know like like if i if i'm functioning like a 40 year old now at 70 what's it going to be like at 80 and then there's 90 and you know we're only designed to go so far thank goodness i have longevity in my in my genes my mom is 93 still living i'm going to see her for thanksgiving soon and and i I just just want to so yes i'm always running labs to answer your question and I'm getting into some new markers that I'm going to be introducing to FDN. So the good thing about FDN is it's constantly evolving, too. It isn't just, look, I can teach you in 10 months what it took me 10 years of hard work in a clinic to learn. But it's evolved since that we keep learning, we keep going on. So, yes, it's it's an amazing education, as you could attest to, and so can uh you know, we've trained, I don't know, 4,000 people in 50 countries, but there's about a thousand who are very active practitioners. And that's my goal to create more active practitioners. But my point was just that, um, of course, we keep learning. We keep working on ourselves. I run the labs and now I'm getting more into the predictive markers, which are really early. You know, if you read uh, your, your listeners probably would enjoy a book called Drop Acid. Not for what it sounds like, yeah. but because yeah, I've because, had him on. Yeah, I've had him on the podcast. Oh, promoter. Yeah, 
Uh, oh, Perlmutter. Okay, I've had Dr. Richard Johnson on. Maybe I got that confused. But and Johnson was a precursor, yeah. so he yeah. did the, the foundational work. So yeah, this idea of dropping our uric acid is critical. Physicians aren't anywhere near looking at that. You, they might run the test if you ask them to, but it's not a routine screening, and it should be for especially anyone my age. And then you know you've talked about it a little bit with gut, uh, and you have the GI map. Which is the the lab that you that we run at at FDN? What was that process like? Like, because I know the gut can be a tricky thing, and you know, with path pathogens and fungi, and uh, as far as finding labs that are accurate and consistent over time. Well, that's a very specific and sensitive test. You know, measures things, and some of them are more important than others. Uh, getting a look at the balance of the microbiome is important and getting a look at some of the possible pathology. I mean, it will identify, you know, parasites, overgrowth of bacteria, uh, funguses and things like that. There's also some digestive markers on that. But I have to say this, that that whole area of testing, stool testing, um, I think it used to be better. The the old labs we used to run, hmm. which have just been phased out because they're too expensive. So we're we're now looking at this um basically DNA, the PCR testing, and it's not um perfect, but it's remember, we're just looking for clues. We're right. looking for uh in context of um the other labs we run, yeah, that's an important consideration. You definitely want to um know how your body body's handling these things and it might and if some of your symptoms might be related in other words that's one of the causal factors upstream so we just like we do a food sensitivity test on every person uh we do the stool testing on every person because you got to look you can't guess about these things so yeah so there's there's different ways to look at it all i i really enjoyed the data you know and by the way i spent 10 years as a clinical advisor for one of these labs 10 years working with doctors on the going over lab results teaching them what it really meant to the to the person so i tried to teach them not to treat the paper you know it's not just uh what's the agent what's the dosage what's the frequency what's the duration you know of some drug or medication i we don't work that way what's what's going on in the body why why do you have this overgrowth what can we do to restore the ecology of the gut and the whole body to eliminate it and make sure it doesn't come back and these kind of things and you know you have you have these functional tests and then or you know these lab tests and then you talk about coaching up function maybe explain a little bit about what what that means yeah well you know i was an old football coach for many many years and uh so I like the idea of coaching. Um, but when I started, there wasn't the word health coach wasn't around. Uh, I was a nutritionist who ran labs and a personal trainer. And I also did a lot of body work, myofascial therapy and things. Remember, I worked in a clinic for 10 years. So I got an opportunity to do a lot of things. And the idea of um, teaching people what to do at home became my focus. And so we'd run the labs and teach them what to do at home. Yeah, there's always treatment. There's always you can come in for your chiropractic and acupuncture and massage and different modalities and things. Um, 
and yet uh, putting the responsibility back on the person is the only thing that really works. So, um, you know, the uh, am I answering your question or? Yeah, I, no. Co- you know, coaching up function in and within sort of the protocol of this dress. So diet, rest, exercise, right? right. Stress reduction and supplementation. Um, well, the, the yeah. funny thing is, as I just said, in my position in the office, I was the health director. I was directing all the traffic and practicing and running the labs and giving all of the consultations on those things that people could do at home. The The other practitioners there were chiropractic. So they would people would come in for treatment for that thing that um, pain or whatever it was. And I was sending them home with a lifestyle program. And so I used, I said, I was a coach. I used the term coach up function. Let's get things, let's get the uh, nerve flow going through chiropractic. Let's get the blood flow going through massage and exercise. Let's get um, everything else flowing. And so once you get, establish what needs to be worked on using the lab work and exams and other things well then it's uh what's the protocol so we coach up function with the right diet uh, the right sleep the right exercise reducing stress is more of a coaching down thing so if you have dysfunction in the gut you have parasites or biofilms or you know yeast overgrowth or all these things that we look at on paper and see Totally explains why you feel like crap. Well, let's coach down those things. That's different than just kill everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, so so chasing things out by changing the environment is a little safer, less toxic than just taking a drug for to kill a parasite, for instance. So I say coach up function, yeah. coach down contributors to metabolic chaos. And thanks for reminding me of what a great system that is. <laughs> what about supplements? Um, that's one thing I've noticed, um, you know, with your dress protocol is obviously supplements are are one piece of the puzzle. Uh, yeah, that was a full circle thing, Brian, because when I first started working at that clinic, I went to classes that the owner said, hey, you can uh, get, she was getting her diplomat in nutrition and I was kind of allowed to participate as a, as an assistant um, and get my nutritional status. And so, but you know what it was? It's a bunch of selling supplements. Yeah. Honestly, that's really what it boiled down to. Take some surveys, ask a few questions. Here, try this. Buy $500 worth of this crap for, and take it for three months. Well, people would buy a month's worth or maybe two, and they would um, feel better and think, I'm cured, quit taking it. Um, or it wouldn't work, and they quit taking it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either way, they quit taking it. So I knew that it wasn't the answer to the pro. It wasn't really addressing. So while supplements are part of the protocol, they're just one fifth of it. It's D R E S S, which is diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction. Then the supplementation really works, and you had to. I had to really learn how to use the right supplements to. First of all, replace what's missing in food. So supplementation 
is great because you can get the extra vitamins and minerals and essential fatty acids and antioxidants and trace elements, phytonutrients, and things that aren't in food anymore because food is not grown the way it used to be. The soils are depleted, so it's it's deficient. So you can substitute for what's missing uh, in food. That's a good thing. Um, but also, depending on one's condition, you, you know, and the status, how you're doing, you might want to support your digestion better. You might want to um, stimulate the immune system. And again, you might want to coach down or chase away, kind of self-treat certain um, bacteria or viruses or even funguses and biofilms and, and things that are going on. So so we, we use supplements as part of an overall lifestyle program. Then they tend to be much more effective. But it, on their own, um, you're just uh, peeing away your money sometimes. Yeah. And what about uh, the gut-brain connection? Why don't you explain a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I got one. Every time, <laughs> every time my stomach's empty, it tells my brain I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there you go it's really simple it, yeah it's not it's not as uh uh mysterious as it might appear this gut brain thing so yeah they talk to each other and matter of fact some say that the gut has its own brain and so that's part of what's going on um the nervous system is highly involved the nerve you know which starts with the brain the central nervous system you get these big nerves that go down and keep things moving you know, the digestive system has to work on its own. You don't have to think about uh, digesting your food and assimilating it and processing it all throughout your body. So that's all done through the autonomic nervous system, which is part of the brain and body. And so there's, it's not the somatic part. Like if I think about it, I raise this hand, I grab this bottle and squirt this in my mouth. That's the somatic uh, nervous system allowing my telling my muscles what to do but the autonomic is what keeps your heart going so it isn't just gut brain it's it's the entire body being sort of regulated by the autonomic system and uh there's other aspects too um but that's close enough for for me for right now and what would you say just on a personal level how have you have you changed any of your like routines, we talk a lot about daily and evening routines. Um, and I know you talk a lot about sleep hygiene. Like, what have you changed through the years? You know, you you're young, you look young. You, you're you are still you know you're the you know fifties. Well, you're seventy, but you really look fifty, right? So, what have you done um, to th through all your learning that that has changed through the years? Well, um, first of first of all. I married a young and beautiful woman. <laughs> that helps, and, right? And and uh, we stay active, and and she's a practitioner too. We really care. We wake up every day and try to be uh, loving and um, appreciative. You know, so mindset is one of my biggest things. Yeah, I used to just slug through. I've had a couple other careers. I was also mission driven and very dedicated to being the best at whatever I was doing and, and things. So I've always been very driven, but this, this is deeper. This gets into the uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, psycho, spiritual, if you want um, the idea of um, communicating with the intelligence that 
created and runs the universe. You know, that's kind of a deep thing. I, I'd say that doesn't sound like it's coming from a guy who teaches a course in anatomy and physiology and biochemistry, but it really is the, the answer to your question. You know, I get up every day with a mindset that I can do some good in the world. And then I my day's organized around that until, you know, I started around four. And then by two o'clock, I've got my my day's work done and I can go play and have fun and enjoy. Uh, they say put more life in your years, not years in your life. And so that's really the thing that's changed for me is. Uh, uh, so mi- sure more of a mi- more of a mindset. And, yeah. And gratitude. I don't work 12 hours a day anymore. Yeah. You know, 14 or 18. I, I have to get my uh, outdoor time. And in your book, uh, you were one of the authors of, of this book called The Gap, Simple Steps to Reclaim Your Health and Reverse Most Chronic Diseases. What was the basis behind that book? The basis is somebody asked me to write a chapter in their book. <laughs> <laughs> and I okay. said, well, sure, I'll contribute. You know, And I wrote about the dress for health success. Matter of fact, every one of your listeners, if they go to a um, URL I can give you. You can yeah. put it in show notes, Brian. can get a free Dress for Health Success guidebook. And I think it's a worthy read. So that chapter is basically about our Dress for Health Success program. doesn't include much on the labs and all the stuff you need to know, the, the research behind it. You know, getting your own data is critical. But once you know, uh, you know, how you're functioning, in these areas, hormones, immune, digestion, detoxification, and so on, you can tune all of that up with the Dress for Health Success program. It stands for diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. So D-R-E-S-S. That's so successful of a program. You're taking a course where that's about half the course, all of the lab work, and then there's the protocols. And we have a business section too, so people can enjoy their life um, making a living doing this work but um that dress is that's really the foundation and so <clears throat> i was asked to write that chapter and i don't have much else to write about <laughs> i'm sure you could have wrote wrote more if you were asked but <laughs> um what, what about we'll just touch briefly on diet um which okay. a lot of times is the first thing that that comes up um you know, as a health coach or even just having a health podcast, that's what we discuss a lot about. And, you know, you have different extremes of dieting, right? Um, from carnivore to vegan. What is the basis behind um, the protocol or the, you know, sort of yeah. the, you know, re- well, the, yeah. the basis is that there's no one diet that's right for everybody. And if someone says, I have the perfect diet um, for everybody, they're, they're wrong. I could express that in other terms, yeah. but they're wrong. And so an example is when I first started trying to help others, the the Atkin diet, Atkins diet, which was a good read, by the way, the, the book by Dr. Atkins. <clears throat> and man, it made so much sense. And it, it worked for me. I had energy and slept well and built muscle and all the things. But when I started recommending it to other people, some got good results, 
Some got no change. They felt the same, just as crappy as before. Some got worse, hmm. felt worse than before. So, oh boy, that doesn't work. Now what? So I, I started researching and I ran across some very interesting books and work. Um, I'll, I don't mind saying that Bill Wolcott, William Wolcott, who wrote The Metabolic Typing Diet, was very, very instructional and constructive in helping us form our D for diet. Matter of fact, we use metabolic typing because it's as close to your genetic requirements as possible. So that's the key is to find out your individual genetic requirements. And there's ways to use, again, everything we do is very systematized so that you can eliminate trial and error to the best of our ability. We don't want to just try this, try that, try it. People are sick of try this, try that. So we have ways of collecting data that would point us in the right direction. And so um, it's based on genetics. Your protein, fat, and carb ratios, probably the place to start. Just getting that right will get your body producing energy on a cellular level, cellular energy at the right rate, quality, quantity. Cells don't need to be taught what their job is. They already have that innate intelligence within them. Yeah. So we need to fuel them correctly. And the right percentage of protein, fat, and carbs is a good place to start. And it goes on from there. Yeah, that was something that was new to me, the metabolic uh, typing sort of protocol or diet, however you want to explain it. Diet. Yeah, diet. diet. Yeah. Yeah. And certain people can oxidize foods differently than others right whether it's you know they're a fast or a slow oxidizer we, we oxidize we burn fuel at different rates right. and so that means you got to get the right fuel so if you take an eskimo who's a very fast oxidizer they burn fuel very quickly and so they burn slow burning fuel like protein and mostly fat i mean their diet's about 80 to 90 percent fat some protein of course and very little on the carb side. Why do they do so well on that? Well, because they're very fast oxidizers. But a slow oxidizer would die on that diet. You know, someone from the mountains of, uh, uh, you know, in up in the Andes down there in South America, who's used to eating, who's never been below 8,000 feet in their life, never seen snow in their life, um, uh, being near the equator like they are. And and so they would eat a lot of corn and potatoes right. and do very well. You feed corn and potatoes to an Eskimo, they get diabetes and, and die. Hmm. So it's it's your genetics that make up your requirements. There's no one food that's right for everybody. Although I have to say there's some foods that are bad for everybody, like, <laughs> like sugar. Right. Right. There's probably a, there's a common theme, you know, these highly processed palatable foods wouldn't be good for an Eskimo or uh, something, you know, an, an Indian yeah, or whoever. Yeah, Indian. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's a great way to look at diet uh, because spe- especially having a podcast and having different views and people have different stories. And I talk about self-experimentation, but that's one aspect of doing it. But when you're testing and you're finding out, you know, what foods and what, you know, metabolic type you are, it's a great way to sort of take the guessing out of it. Yeah, there's, there's no inherent quality in the food. It's who's eating it that matters. I mean, there are things in food, again, protein, fat, carbs, and all the uh, micronutrients, vitamins and minerals, and so on. But um, it's who's eating them that matters. 
And so a lot of your guests, they may have talked about a diet that worked for them. And that's a beautiful thing. We're so happy you found the right diet for you. But they may not think of it in terms of protein, fat, and carb ratios, or they may have some other way of assessing it, uh, low oxidates, low inflammatory, you know, no uh, nightshades or you know whatever it might be. And the testing comes in handy to get rid of some of the uh, very irritating foods. There's other types of oral intolerances, you know, uh, like lactose intolerance, for instance. That's not the immune system saying you're allergic to it. It's your digestive system saying we can't break this down properly. So we're going to give you some symptoms around that, some gas, heartburn, indigestion, bloating, diarrhea, or whatever. So, so there's different ways to look at it, but there's no one diet that's right for everybody, but there's one that's right for you. Yeah, that, yeah that's a great way to look at it. And, um, a common question I ask um, a lot of individuals that come on the podcast, if you were going to give one tip to an individual who, are, who is looking to get their body or their mind back to what it once was, maybe 10, 15 years ago, what one tip would you give that individual? Oh, man, um, <laughs> it's hard. I keep thinking of what helps me is this um, idea of self-awareness and that I'm not my body and I'm not my mind and emotions, you know, that I'm a, uh, a being um, of another sort and that, you know, I'm just kind of being housed in this body mm -hmm. and thoughts are accumulated like, just like the body, you know, like I, everything I've ever eaten probably is showing up somewhere in this physical body. Everything I've ever thought of, or, um, you know, is somewhere in my head, but there's still that other, um, element that's neither of those things. And it's not always easy to get in touch with. You just sort of develop that awareness and it's makes for a peaceful, happy life. You know, it makes for Joy. I, I can kind of go through things knowing that that's not what matters. It, it's um, might, might not be articulating that quite right right now, but but yeah, spending that uh, time, um, you know, as a spiritual being is very important. And that's not diet. That's not rest. That's not exercise or supplements or any of that stuff, but it is part of stress reduction. So in the D-R-E-S-S, -S, stress reduction is, is key. And, and having a way of thinking, or not thinking, but way of being, uh, can be really conducive to a more joyful life. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's the, yeah, that, I mean, a lot of times people will be like, oh, you know, go for daily walks and do things and, and those tips, but, but sort of being, I guess your point is, um, maybe just being present, um, and taking time to like, taking time by yourself, maybe with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know. It's called doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Doing nothing. It, but I can it, do nothing on my motorcycle. And I can do nothing. I think walking around yeah. and noticing things around and paying attention and being in the moment uh, is that's why I have a gar I'm a landscaper gardener and I mm -hmm. love my property. I, I just get so much joy from going around and seeing things growing and planting things. And mostly I buy seedlings or young plants. I don't buy a lot. I don't do a lot of seed like seeds, but I get the concept and um, 
getting things to grow. Like my wife, we walk around, she goes, God, these plants are really happy. (laughs) (laughs) And then we think they are, you know, like, like, and it's a joyful thing. And that's my one tip. Obviously eating, eating the right foods, you know, not eating the bad ones and all that stuff matters too. Yeah, no, I, uh, I love that. I mean, I go for probably three walks a day with my dogs and it's like my favorite time of the time of the day. Um, and you get some I, of your best ideas, right? Yeah. Best ideas. It's just like, and I don't, you know, I don't bring my phone. I mean, there's people who are like on their phones the whole time while they're walking. I never understood that. Um, so I just try to stay present and I think that's, you know, a, you know, yeah. it's a great tip. And we don't judge. We don't judge. Anybody. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, well, this was great, Reed. I appreciate you Thank coming you. on. I've, Thank you, I, I've heard your lectures for the last however many months and, and to get you on the podcast and, and, and talk about FDN and, and your journey has been great. Um, Thank you, I, sir. Yeah, I'm I happy did. to be here anytime. If you got a particular, you want to dial in on one of these areas, because we kept it pretty broad. Sure. Which is, I live in that space of just over, you know, trying to see everything. Um, you know, I run a company of 50 people. And uh, yet, um, you know, it all seems to flow and come together. And uh, and also, I'll put the link in the show notes that you mentioned, fdntraining.com slash uh, get clean. Is that what you had it as? Uh, it, it, the name of your get podcast. Lean. Oh, the name of the... Okay, that's fine. I'll put it yeah, in the, show, right notes in the and... show notes. It's there. It's in my calendar here. I forgot it too. But okay. um, but yeah, so... Um, I'll put that uh, in. And, and if people want a free... What, was it a free uh, free guide? Uh, the Dress for Health Success Guide. Guide, perfect. Okay. Yeah, and it's uh, fdntraining.com slash get lean. Got it. Okay. It'll be in the show notes. and um, Good, good. And uh, yeah, we'll also put the link to FDN uh, in there as well. Um, so if people want to learn about FDN and maybe, you know, Get they can up. just go get go get that uh, booklet, and if it interests you, if you want to know more, they, they'll they'll pester you somehow. <laughs> All right, Reed. Well, thank you okay, so man. much. Hey, yeah, Brian. I look forward to doing your post grad interview with you. Yeah, that'll be fun. Okay, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there, and you've chosen to listen to mine, and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.